This podcast deals with mature themes that are intended for an adult audience. The information in this show could be triggering and cause distress for some viewers. If you feel in distress, please seek out help. Please take care in listening. This is the Relationship Review with Delcy Martin. Welcome to a very special episode of the Relationship Review. Before I begin, I need to forewarn you that this episode will contain graphic language and highly sexual content that may not be for everyone. Please take care in listening. This episode marks the first of my Sexy Saturday series, which I'll release one Saturday a month. There's a couple of reasons why I want to take the show in this direction. First, for my practicum year, I'm specializing in a very important aspect of couples therapy, sex therapy. I've done a whole lot of reading, writing, and researching in this field, and honestly, I'm just so excited to share with you what I've learned. The second reason is that sex is an essential aspect of our romantic relationships. And for me to overlook sexuality in this podcast would be sending a message that sex isn't as important as everything else. And it absolutely is. I want everyone to have amazing sexual experiences that speak to the person they are and the relationship they hope for. I hope that you find something in this episode that you can take home with you today. And then the third reason is that talking about sex for me is a whole lot of fun. Sex is associated and directly linked to our eros. Um, Freud kind of talked about eros. It's that erotic part of us, but our eros is actually our playful part too. So sex is absolutely something that should be taken seriously, but I also want you to have fun with it. I want you to be playful when you think about sex. I want you to be playful when you talk about sex. So you might find in today's episode, I'm going to be serious, but I'm also going to be a little playful too because I want to access that Eros side. Today's episode is going to be looking at relationships that either have no sex or significantly less sex than usual. There's some couples out there who may not have sex as often as is average or not have sex at all, and they're perfectly happy in this arrangement. If this arrangement is working for the couple, then that is fantastic. But if things change and the arrangement is no longer working for one member of the relationship, then a discussion about the amount of time invested in the erotic part of the relationship is absolutely warranted. There isn't a predefined amount of sexual activity that's considered normal in a relationship, and this is because every partnership is so different. Studies show that most married people have sex on average of 111 times per year, or works out to about once every two weeks. But keep in mind with this statistic that what matters is how you define your relationship and the range of how often you have sex for you guys and what's working for you. That's what's most important. There's some flaws in some of these studies. Before I present my case study, though, we need to have a strong working definition of what sex is. Society has given us the unfortunate stigma that the goal of sex is orgasm and that no orgasm means bad sex. P. 
people absolutely have sex without orgasm. And if we say that you can only have sex if you have orgasm, you're excluding a whole population of people who may not be able to orgasm. We also carry the unfortunate stigma of believing that the only kind of sex that is actually sex is penetrative vaginal sex that happens with a penis. This is one definition of sex, but is absolutely not the only definition of what sex is. The sexual experience is about erotic pleasure, and pleasure begins taking place well before orgasm occurs. Sex is touching your undressed partner from head to toe. Sex is oral sex. Sex is anal sex. Sex is masturbation and mutual masturbation. Sex is insertion with fingers or with toys. Sex incorporates so many different erotic actions and orientations. It's a vast mosaic and I couldn't possibly mention everything in one episode. Sex is about pleasure and connection. Sex is about love, but it's not always about love. Sex is about being in connection with that erotic part of you, your eros. A romantic relationship has two components the companionship or the love component, and the erotic component. Both aspects of the relationship need to be nourished in order to maintain a solid relationship foundation. Sex is absolutely important and neglecting your erotic side can affect other areas of your life and your relationship. So here's some signs that you can look for which might indicate a need to address the erotic component of your relationship. So. Before I list these, I want you to think to a time where you felt most sex sexually satisfied in your romantic relationship or a romantic relationship and use this as a baseline to consider um, first if you've actually stopped having sex or if it's significantly decreased. Two, the thought of initiating or having sex makes you feel anxious or you want to avoid everything sexual with your partner. And three, you never touch each other in a sensual way. These are some indicators that you might wanna look at your sexual relationship a bit closer, when you're ready, of course. So now let's take a look at a couple who's struggling with just this sort of thing. To start, we have Joanna, who's 40 years old, and her partner, Trent, who's 42. They've been married for 15 years and they have three young children who are six, eight, and 10. Both work full-time in the healthcare field. They're very, very busy people and very stressed out people, but they always ensure to put time aside for family time with the kids. They enjoy each other's company and they genuinely feel like they have a strong emotional connection. The problem is that Joanna and Trent haven't had sex in the past year, despite multiple attempts. They shared that they tried to get a sitter on a couple of occasions, but they were so tired from having dinner that neither felt in the mood for sex. They don't feel like sex is a priority for them, and that it feels forced when they do try. Both would like to improve their sex lives, but they aren't sure where to start. They've never engaged in a detailed conversation about their needs during sex, so they've come to therapy to work through these needs. So this is a very common situation for couples and especially common for those couples who've been in a relationship for a while. People fall under a few sexual assumptions when they have long-term relationships. The first assumption is that with time, sexual desire fizzles out. 
this is normal and this is okay. This is a poor assumption because yes, desire definitely becomes more challenging with time. This is normal. But if you aren't okay with that, it doesn't have to be that way. The second assumption is that the desire to have sex will simply come out of nowhere. It's weird. It's kind of like we believe that we should be able to go from doing the dishes to being horny in a matter of seconds. It's like, I just finished scrubbing last night's tuna casserole from this spoon. Babe, I'm horny and I'm ready to go. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Desire doesn't come from nowhere. So people in long-term relationships can sometimes make the mistake of waiting until they feel the desire to have sex to actually start the process of having sex. And for some, if they wait for that desire to come, they're going to be waiting for a very long time. The first recommendation that I have for Joanna and Trent is to have a sex date. What this looks like is picking an intentional time each week or every two weeks that they're going to get together to be intimate. This time is sacred and is taken very seriously by each person. No one gets to cancel the sex date unless it's for a very good reason. The couple takes things as slow as they need to and they intentionally take time to be intimate. For each couple, this starting point looks different, and it's very important that it's consensual and it's at the pace that the couple is comfortable with. Maybe this time together is just cuddling with less clothing on while listening to music. Maybe it's giving each other massages, or maybe it's just looking into each other's eyes, or maybe one of these things turns into more. The goal of the date should never be orgasm. But instead, the goal should be to feel the maximum amount of pleasure possible for that session with one another. Some couples worry that scheduling sex will make the sex seem pressured, less spontaneous, and dull. Yeah, it's absolutely less spontaneous, but actually most people who give it a go find it to be an overall pleasurable and welcome addition to the relationship. The other more practical suggestion I have is that the sex date not be accompanied by a heavy and sleep-inducing meal. This was one place that Joanna and Trent were not optimal because they were expecting themselves to be ready to engage in the physically rigorous act of sex after eating a big meal. Sex here needs to be approached strategically, done at a good time of day in a non-distracting physical location when your body feels well and when your brain is able to focus on the pleasure. The point of the sex state is not about the frequency that it happens. Though I'm never going to say that having more regular sex is a bad thing, but what's most important is the quality of the sex and how present you were in the sexual experience when it happened. What happens with a lot of people when they have sex is that instead of focusing on the pleasure they're experiencing, they focus on their performance. So what this looks like, Joanna, our client, might be saying to herself during sex, am I making the right sounds? Is he enjoying himself? Do I look sexy when I make this face? See, she's focusing on her performance during sex when she should be focusing on the pleasure that she's receiving from Trent. When this happens, her arousal naturally goes down and it's harder for her to experience the complete amount of pleasure that she's capable of experiencing. Her attention may wander during sex, and this is absolutely normal, and I'd recommend that she coach herself to gently draw it back to pleasure. 
This takes some practice. During her intimate time, she should focus on where she feels pleasure in her body, what this pleasure feels like, and how she likes to receive pleasure. And again, with enough practice, she will be able to remain more mindful in that pleasure experience. Another really helpful thing that they can do is switch off um, either during a single sex session or over a period of a few sessions, who's the pleasure giver and who's the pleasure receiver. This takes the pressure off each member and makes sure that there's an equal division of who gets pleasure. Joanna and Trent have fallen into a situation that a lot of long-term couples have. They have a close emotional companionship, but the erotic component of the relationship is lacking. This is why people can have very successful and long-term romantic relationships, but that same relationship can be very problematic when it comes to the bedroom. They're linked, but they're also very separate. It's very common for couples to become very comfortable in their day-to-day -day routine companionship life and put sex on the back burner. The reason for this is very interesting. The brain processes needed for secure attachment in a romantic relationship are very similar to the brain processes used to build a secure attachment with your caregiver in, in infancy. The emotions and brain processes needed to be a great roommate and a great companion, a great dad, a great mom, that sort of thing, are actually totally opposite of those needed to have a successful erotic life. We want our long-term partners to be strong family members, and this is absolutely important, but we typically don't want to sleep with our family. This is why intentional and focused time and accessing that erotic component is so important. We need to practice using those brain processes regularly or they tend to fizzle. This is why after a long time of not having sex, it's so hard to access that sexual desire. And it's because those arousal brain processes are out of practice. Once Joanna and Trent are more comfortable with being sexually active, they could fall into another difficulty that long-term couples fall into. Sex becomes routine and boring for some. Some couples are happy having routine sex for their entire relationship. And for those couples, that's fantastic. But for others, they might need more. And as long as their, other par their partner is willing to be playful and curious about the experience, they could try some things out. The first thing they could try out is adding in a sex toy. Sex toys are very much stigmatized. They're associated with dark alleyways, darkly covered windows of sex shops, or hardcore porn. This leads the average Joe to be kind of unsettled with these items and to feel as if they're deviant for involving anything other than their private bits in the bedroom. This is sad because this is simply not the case. Sex toys are actually a very simple and very effective addition to a sex routine that can really enhance the experience of any couple. They're also great tools for those who have differing abilities or health concerns that come up during sex. As an example, an individual with arthritis who has been unable to bring their partner to orgasm because of pain in their hands would find a vibrator to be a welcome addition and help them to give their partner the pleasure that they always wanted to. Another really useful item is a bolster pillow. Um, this allows individuals to get into sex positions which they may have not been able to before, again because of differing ability or health issues or just 
having difficulty being flexible enough. Maybe a certain sex position feels better for you, but it's hard to get into it or hard to maintain it. These bolster pillows can be pretty helpful with that. Though this is totally a personal choice, I'd advise you not to shy away from the sex store next time you walk by. Or if you're a bit on the shy side, which is totally okay, there's lots of online toy stores which lets you and your partner order discreetly. Check it out. The other big recommendation that I would have for a couple and for every single listener out there, whether your sex is amazing or not, is to have a conversation with your partner about sex. But please keep in mind that this needs to be done at the appropriate time and in a safe and consensual way. Do it when you're not having sex. Sit down, have a fun, playful, and intellectual conversation about your sex life. When you have this conversation, always start by focusing on what you love about the sex you're having right now, or what you loved about the sex that you were having before. Say as many things as you love about one another during sex as you possibly can. You can never give too much praise. It's always easier for another human to give you more of what you like and more of what they're already giving you than to give you something different than what you're used to. Starting off on this positive note leads the way for you to be able to talk about your needs. I invite you to introduce the question to your partner. What do you want more of when we have sex? Begin with an appreciation. I really like it when you do thing A, B, or C during sex, and it makes me feel blank. And then ask the question, what do you want more of during sex? When talking about your needs, please try not to phrase it in a way that's disrespectful to your partner. So as an example, someone might say, you never give me a massage during sex. It feels kind of accusatory and negative. Instead, you could phrase it in terms of your needs, like, I would really like it if you could give me a back rub before we have sex tonight. It really turns me on. Your partner truly cannot guess at what inputs you need to turn you on because everyone's inputs are different. It's kind of like someone trying to put together the IKEA table without the guide. They may eventually get the table together, but it might take a lot more time, frustration, and missing pieces than if they consulted the guide for the best and most efficient way to do it. You be the guide. Every single person out there can take the time to intentionally work on their sex life. Working on your sex life should never feel like it's pressuring. You shouldn't feel pressured, and it should never be an act of you pressuring your partner to do something that they don't want to. So really, I can't stress enough that your number one priority in your relationship is feeling safe. But if you've made your concerns known or your partner has made their concerns known in a kind, compassionate, mature, and collaborative way, then I would totally encourage you to do your erotic life the service of evaluating your needs. The conversation might surprise you, and I hope you have a whole lot of fun with it. If your partner asks you to do something differently during sex, try not to take offense, though I know it's a natural tendency. But again, you really can't know exactly what inputs for arousal your partner needs unless they tell you. And in the same breath, unless you're very clear as to what your inputs are, what turns you on, where you feel pleasure, your partner's going to be left guessing, and that's not fair to them. If you don't know what you need during sex, that's so normal. 
I would recommend proposing a fun experiment night where you try a whole bunch of different stuff and you see what works. Approach this experiment night as a curiosity thing and a fun, playful thing. And remember, the goal of sex should never be about orgasm. Always be about pleasure. Orgasm and sex is never a guarantee, but pleasure pleasure at multiple points of the experience, different intensities of that pleasure, that's totally a place we can begin, but only if you're ready to start. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Do you want more of these Sexy Saturdays? Let me know either on the Facebook page or by email at delcymartin at trueyoutherapy.ca. That's D-E-L-S-I-E M-A-R-T-I-N at T-R-U-E-Y-O-U-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y dot C-A. Also, please feel free to email me if you have any sex-related questions that you'd like me to answer anonymously on the air, or if you'd like a copy of my references for any of my show episodes. As always, I am so beyond grateful to you for being brave and for joining me on this journey today. Take good care.